Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 36. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Holy Holy. The indie rock duo, made up of Timothy Carroll and Oscar Dawson, have just released their first single of 2021, entitled How You Been, and it is textbook Holy Holy. In today's episode, we discuss an upcoming fourth record, smarter choices in songwriting, and the music of Run The Jewels and Little Nas X. Here we go. Our guests today are one of Australia's most loved indie duos. They've had three top 20 records here in Australia, and have begun releasing singles for their fourth record. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Tim and Oscar from Holy Holy. Good morning, boys. Hey, Simon. Hey, Simon. How you going? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are you both? Good. Yeah, good. We're, we're at the end of a long journey today. Today is our last day in the studio of making our fourth album. So it's kind of a momentous little moment to catch us in, really. That's very exciting. It does look like quite the setup that you have in there from what I can see. There's a, is that a fireplace behind you? Yep, that's right. We've got a crackling, <laughs> crackling fireplace um, YouTube video going for the ambiance. It's, it's very modern locks. I like it. Yeah. I always like to put, when I get into a hotel, because we're on tour all the time, whenever I get into a hotel, if I can, if I can co-opt the television and make it into a fireplace, and then I put that on and then play some Muzak. <laughs> and really get into the vibe. Yeah, most. Oh, I'm just going to say, most of the times I've been in the studio, it's just a dark box with no windows and or natural light. That that is what my studio is like at the moment. Here we are in Dandenong, in East Melbourne, and um, so sometimes putting the fireplace on it just makes us sort of feel like we're in like I don't know, sort of like l- less of a cave or something like mm, that. You know, it's like a little little chalet in the Alps. <laughs> It, it definitely does give off that vibe. I kind of thought that maybe was where you were today, if not in Melbourne or Tassie. Um, now, congratulations on the single. How You Been has been out for a week now. And in terms of the, the track itself, it is very much uh, like a holy, holy track. Like it kind of ticks all the, the trademark holy, holy requirements. Uh and in terms of both musicality and, and lyrical content, where did the song kind of come from, from, from you guys? Um, we, we had this writing session um, 
so we finished we finished our last record moment pool of light and there's always this kind of exciting moment when that that project's done and maybe there's still a bit of touring happening on that but the, you know oscar and i sort of lift our heads up and then we start talking like about all right what's this next record going to be and when we we were chatting about various different um goals and you know things we'd maybe learnt from my own pool of light, and um, things we'd learnt from some of the shows we'd been doing in between, and so on. And um, so we had a few things we wanted to do, and we and we locked in like just a really an initial. Let's get together and try some ideas um, at this studio in Collingwood before the pandemic. Um, and there we we wrote like about seven songs that day. There was just like a bit of, I think I, what I think it was was the fact that there was no pressure and we were ages away from having to actually release a record or anything like that and so we were really just having fun and being free and just trying heaps of stuff and and oscar was like sort of driving the studio that day in in a way that i hadn't really experienced before where we'd like open a song work 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 throw ideas throw ideas and then once we kind of got a bit stuck in it shut that open a new song work 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 and so we were just opening and closing songs all day and then by the end of it we were kind of a bit like oh not quite sure what we achieved there and then (laughs) Like a month later, Oscar bounced all these ideas out and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe how much we got done. So that we kind of, that was like really the body of this album. Like some of the key touchstones of this album happened that day. And this was one of those songs. And and it was obviously in hindsight, we were so lucky in a way because then the pandemic sort of hit not long after. And we, we, we live in different states. Um, and so, I mean, I mean, even if we were both in Melbourne, where I where I live, we, we would have really struggled to get back together again, you know. So we were lucky we did that day, and then we had all this material that we could work on throughout the kind of lockdowns of 2020, um, you know, via correspondence. Tim had his setup, and I have my setup, and um, musical setups, um, and Zoom obviously is a, a thing. So yeah. We- able to just kind of keep working on this record throughout the lockdowns um which was great really i suppose yeah obviously now we can get back together in person and that's worth a lot you know to the musical process but being able to have material to work on throughout the lockdowns was i think we were really lucky for that to be the case Mm. definitely you guys um and please correct me if i'm wrong did holy holy begin uh, but like before the pandemic, years and years ago, you guys were in different cities anyway. Was there, were you kind of um, already well versed in the working remotely or working in different cities from one another? No, not, um, not really as much as you might think. Like we, we worked really collaboratively remotely on like all the nuts and bolts of the band, all the like, you know, strategic stuff and planning and stuff like that. But we actually had, been mainly riding together just be, you know i would just fly from tassie to melbourne or wherever um mm. i mean oscar does a lot of production work in the background between our sessions but it, it actually took the pandemic for us to really do that in a meaningful way like for example until the pandemic i only ever recorded straight into my macbook using the mic, like the built-in mic, and just using GarageBand. Like, I'd never got beyond that. Um, so, it, like, I, the pandemic and the lockdowns, I got, um, like, a, a clone U87 and I got an Apollo interface and I bought Logic Pro and I, like, watched, like, hours and hours of all these YouTube tutorials. <laughs> and, um, and so some of the songs 
that are on this album, like the demos of them are kind of a result of me like staying up late and watching like a tute on how to build a drum beat and then the next morning going like, right, okay, click, 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 like do everything that they did. And, <laughs> and then it, so that was exciting. I think I think there's a there's something um, special about like the naivety of like learning a new software or something that actually can lead to like something that um, has has like a bit of a spark to it. And I mean, I, I've sort of on, on what you were asking as well, Simon. I mean, I've played in bands where we've all been in the same city, you know, in the past, which which was always Melbourne, I guess. And that can be great. You can get together and rehearse and make tunes together. But I think there's a certain complacency that can seep in there as well. Maybe so. Maybe one thing that we has holy holy as Tim and I have gotten good at is making the most of our time together when we are together because it might be on the, yeah, a weekend here or a day there or, you know, a, a day before a, a run of shows starts, we might get together and write a song or do a rehearsal and we've managed to be good at making the most of that time. And I think that what Tim was saying before about writing all those songs that one fateful day in Melbourne just before the pandemic hit was that we just made, we were like, well, we're here right now, you know, Tim was going to go back home, I suppose, the next day or, or whenever it was. So it's like, let's just make the most of it. Let's make hay while the sun is shining. And um, and so that's something that has been we've gotten pretty good at, I think, you know, compared to other projects I've been involved with, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's that's cool. Um, the from those sessions where you were, as you said, kind of like opening it up, smashing it out, and then closing it, and then just kind of repeat. How many of those, uh, I guess, what was the success rate of um, that kind of method? Like, can we expect to hear all of those songs on, on a forthcoming record or? A, a good few of them. We'd have to go back. So it's a good few like, of them. Believe Anything made it. Port, um, Road. Port Road. So a single that's already out Stand came from I'm that standing. session. Yeah, Stand Where I'm Standing. Um, How You Been came out of that. Was there any others? There's at least at least four. There might okay. be more. Day. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, we've always tried to keep a high success rate to our songwriting sessions. And by that, I mean, sometimes you hear bands being interviewed or artists or, or, or you hear about their story of their record and they're like, oh, we wrote 50 songs for this record. <laughs> we chose 10. And I'm like, why did you do that? What a weird thing. That's funny. It's odd. Why did you write an extra 40 songs? That seems like an utter waste of time. And why did you persist writing songs that obviously weren't good enough to be on your yeah. record? So we've always done a thing where this is actually the, probably the first record where we have more surplus songs than we we. There's always been a few surplus songs on the records we've done in the past, but this one we've got more surplus songs. Yeah, usually still we, not many. We write thirteen for an eleven kind of track yeah. album, but this this one for a range of reasons. I mean, part I, I was smashing out a bunch of demos as I was teaching myself um, Logic, and we did do some writing sessions with other people. Um, uh, and out of those sessions, only one song made it. So there's, there's other songs in those sessions that didn't make it. But, we, yeah, we've got more on the cutting room floor this time than we've ever had before. I think we probably have written like maybe 20 or 25 songs for an 11. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe when sometimes when people say we wrote 50 songs for a 10-song album, maybe what they mean is they wrote like 10 songs and 40 kind of verses and a bit of chorus and a bit of dribble yeah. and just didn't finish them or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that probably that makes Which sense. Which does make sense. Yeah. 
what you're saying is in about 50 years, we won't see a holy, holy, like 50 disc box set of from the vault or whatever. Uh, well, maybe a one disc. We could definitely do a one <laughs> from the vault. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently signed my dad up for a birthday present to Neil Young's archives um, on, on online. It's like a pretty comprehensive and pretty deep, like, sort of platform with bootlegs and old releases and stuff. And I'm just like, this is too much. I just want to hear the good stuff that he <laughs> like got behind and released, you know? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Sometimes it's, you're really uh, in the loveliest way, sifting through some of the shit to get to some of the good, good well, parts of it. Right. Yeah. Like it's not, it's like, I, I don't want to watch all of Martin Scorsese's offcuts actually. I just want to watch the movies that they edited and, yeah. and, and released as a finished piece of material, you know? Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, just before we mentioned Port Road, which is the single that um, was released previously to, to How You've Been, and it is, while there's still a, a danceability about it, it does sonically sound slightly different uh, from Holy Holy, almost like um, a little bit more of like an electro vibe to it. Uh, when you guys did go in to, to start recording for the fourth record, was there, um, I guess, an intention to have, I guess, open up the band's musical scope or, or kind of try different things? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All I right, next question. Um, yes, there is. I, I think like, <laughs> I think like um, there's, a, there's a few different like parts of the puzzle as to like what has motivated us to do certain things. But I actually think a, a thing that's maybe – a big driving force is that as the band has gotten bigger, we you know, we, we're doing bigger shows and we're playing yeah. bigger stages and bigger festivals and you start to just notice like some of the mechanics of songwriting and the way that they interact with the crowd and you just know that like, you know, I think sometimes songs are a bit like jokes and com- like and, and songwriters are like comedians and there's a certain like mechanics to a certain joke where you just know that every time it's going to land and it's going to get a laugh and similarly with certain like certain drums um, like BPMs and and drum kind of like bass and um, drum and bass combinations that you just know are going to land with a crowd. Um, and so we've we sort of been, fl- you know, starting off with our early records being kind of like guitar-y, kind of nostalgic kind of sounding releases and, and we've sort of been moving towards it. And with this record we wanted to, as much as possible, like just lean into like making these big like euphoric kind of moments that would work really well live and, and so, you know, at the core of it, we were like, okay, well, you know, what does that mean and how do you do it? And, you know, so we we're doing things just like writing, for example, with certain like BPMs and certain like feelings as like the basis. So like four to the floor at like 125 and then trying to like, obviously we obviously we always want our music to still, you know, be emotive and, and be authentic and be real, but you're just starting with that intention underneath it. And then it means when you get that combination of like, the music feeling great, but that sort of rhythm behind it, it can create the kind of music that we want to make at the moment. And, and also I think the music we listen to, I mean, um, obviously there's, you know, there's a playlist that um, mainly Tim created for this very podcast. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if we speak about that, but anyway, we look, I looked through that list of songs and it's like, I'm not sure there's a single rock and roll song in there. You know, like it's all, it's, all, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly feeling like I'm running from my musical past. Um, and either that, or it's just that the grass is greener on the other side or some, some cliche like that. But 
we finished our last record and I'm like, okay, never want to hear it again. Don't want to ever play the songs. I just want to move on. Um, obviously I'm exaggerating a bit cause I love playing those songs live, but the point I'm making is like, okay, next, what's next, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, where, where are we going now? Um, and let's sprint towards that. And, um, yeah, I, I think, again, this is, this is an exaggeration and it's going to sound a bit too calculated, but sometimes those live shows, I'd come off stage thinking of it as like a research trip and it's like, okay, well, there's that section in that song that I love that we, that we, that we released on that record and I can feel it not quite hitting, you know, in the way that I want it to hit with, in, on the stage with the crowd. Yeah. And so I, I want to improve that. You know, I want us to improve that. And so the next time we go on stage, I don't feel that way. And um, that, that, that's a side to it. I'm, I am being I am being more reductionist than we actually are, but I'm just sort of speaking in those terms to kind of get the point across. Yeah. I, I tell you another, another like funny like example of like things that can influence us is like we did, we, we did like a version for Triple J and we've done different songs over the years. And the last one we did was um, Lord, Greenlight. And so we'd be at these festivals like playing our songs, you know, and the crowd are getting into it, the crowd are getting into it and so on. And then we're like, okay, now we're going to do this Lord song. And it's like, and then the, the beat drops on that. And the whole, the whole amphitheater is just like, and you're like, wow, like same band and, and same, you know, instrumentation and everything, but something about the combination of like the mechanics of that song. I mean, and perhaps it's a familiarity, but um, you know, it was fun. That, that can, that can really be illuminating um, as to like, you know, what's possible. Yeah. You, you cannot help but notice, you know, when you play a song like that live, you go, okay, mm-hmm. right, I see what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I think also like when I was younger, like came out of like a music scene where like pop was a bit of a dirty word, and um, and like like singles and stuff. Like it, it, I came out of a kind of folk, like kind of folky, um, kind of like sort of Nick Cavey, Bill Callahan-y kind of inspired scene, and um, and 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 it took me a very long time to kind of. Um, maybe shed some of that um, culture and and you know be more open minded about pop music and and like you know what's exciting and creative in those spaces as well. Um, I think that uh, we've been talking to a lot of guests recently just about like I guess almost the best word might be like an evolution of bands in terms of that these days, especially in like in the last twelve to twenty four months that really you can have a record that has like a folk track or like an ambient 16 minute track or whatever. And it just kind of works these days that more people are listening to everything instead of just, you know, rock being rock and pop being pop or whatever. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I do think that genres are, I I think in my own mind, I, I respect why genres are used and valuable to people, but in my own mind, they are largely sort of made up words. Uh, in, in some sense, they're useful for playlists and, and, and radio stations and so on. But it, it's to me, it's a little bit of a crock, you know, like, um, and we've seen really big artists do, do different, you know, like quite different genres in their own lives. Um, I'm talking like really big mainstream artists, like move around and do, um, whether it's Taylor Swift doing, a, you know, doing folklore or, um, or, or, you know, I was listening to the new Little Nas X song, which, you know, he's done like country oriented pop and now sort of Latin oriented pop. And it's like, it just doesn't matter. Do what you feel yeah. good about, do what feels good. And the production also is so like the, the literal sounds, the production elements on songs. It's so, um, 
th- th- those definitions of what constitutes a, a genre are, are no longer really, I, I just don't see them as being applicable. You know, it might have been back in the day I, when, when I bought a, a Queen record, um, I'm, I'm not old enough to have bought them when Queen were around, but when I was a little kid, and, and it would say on the back, of the record, you know, guitars, bass, drums, vocals, um, the personnel, and then it would say no synthesizers were used in the making of this record. Like it was a badge of honor or some sort, you know? Did it really? Yeah. That's and funny. and um, nowadays it's like you're a rock band, you're a, even a metal band, um, you know, m- not all, but almost all genres. It's like whatever, use a synth, program some beats, sound replace the drums, play it live, whatever, just get the sound yeah. across, the yeah. sound that you want, get it across. And, um, it, it, it just, yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't matter. And, and so I, I feel increasingly like um, des- I, my desire is to ignore any trace of genre as best as possible. Um, although, you know, I, I do respect that that can be difficult because sometimes people say, so what style of music do you play? And it's like, oh, I, I, you know, <laughs> it's good to have an answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have an I answer. I kind of say indie, which is a funny word because it's, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because it, it says nothing about the sound. And it, and it, it, and it does, and if, 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 if it's meant to be independent, then it's not even true of us. But um, anyway. No, yeah. I, th- I don't even know what indie means. I, I mean, so then, then, some, then, then people add a word after indie all the time now. It's like indie folk, indie pop, indie this, indie that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think they they, <laughs> they definitely work in terms of um, maybe uh, categorization in terms of like when you said you went to buy records, like it's it's handy to know if you're looking for a certain record, it's in a certain section. But other than that, I think, yeah, it doesn't really matter mm. in terms of creating music these days. Yeah, we, we've had a bit of a play. Like this album that we're about to release is reasonable. Like there's a there's a big like instrumental poem on there, and um, well, yeah, like an instrumental track with a po- like a spoken word poem, and then there's like Port Road, which has its kind of feeling, and then there's like How You Been, which is sort of like a like a kind of poppy song, and there's all yeah, we're we're having a bit of fun on this record, and I, I think rather than like exactly what Oscar said is that the 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 metric that we always measure our songs on is just kind of like how they make us feel. Like when we sit back and listen to them, like if they if they feel right, um, then then we're happy to kind of you know have them represent us. Yeah, definitely. The um the the Port Road tour is in I believe in the midst. I know it's been spaced out a little bit, but you guys have done some shows and you've got some shows left. How's it been? Uh, being back on the road 
in terms of with the last year and being locked down and everything else as a, yeah, what's it, what's it like being back on, on the, on tour? Awesome. I, yeah. I, we, we've I been having so much I fun. I think it's great. Like obviously we're so lucky here in, in Australia to be so able to do it. Obviously there's been, you know, a, a little lockdown here or there and some hiccups and I, I feel for all the people who are pure live audio, live sound or, um, you know, gig booking workers or venue owners because it's so hard for them to plan and um, constantly rescheduling gigs is difficult. But we've been able to play some, we've rescheduled some others and we will play them and it's it's, it's been an amazing feeling kind of being able to get on stage and play in front of people, especially when we, I guess we had around a year where we didn't play a show, I think, something yeah, like that. Yeah, almost exactly. Yeah, yeah we, it felt pretty emotional actually after playing. We, we Our first show off, oh, sorry, our first show on was in Melbourne at the Forum. And I, it was, because I, I, having not played in around a year, we did a bit of rehearsal and some, you know, sound checks. So I felt okay, but I didn't really know, you know, how it was going to go and it just felt great. Mm. The, yeah, I, I agree. Like there was, there, you could feel the, even though it was reduced capacity seated shows, which kind of like you would think would make the vibe like more um, reserved you could feel that there was a similar emotion coming from the crowd of like, oh my god, it's so nice to be at a show again, and so and like we've we've been very lucky because we we've been around for a while now. Like we've done, released three full studio albums and an e, and an EP on top, and we're just about to release our fourth album. And so we we've sort of built this fan base that that um, you know have been listening to our music for years, and it and it means a lot to them. And so when we get to be together with our audience, it's it's really special. And Queen P is like a real um, hoot as well. She's like really fun backstage, and she's like touring the country um, with she. So oftentimes when you're an opener on a tour, like, you know, there's not that much money to do that. It's quite difficult. And so when we booked her, I was kind of thinking she might be like with a DJ and her or something, but arrived at the first show, she's got drums, keys and two dancers and her. So she's got her like these two twin um, girls, Monica and Christina, and they're just like cutting sick on the stage and like the crowd are going off and, um, and she's just really fun. And, and like when the first time we did Port Road uh, live, like I was kind of, because she hasn't done that many shows. She's sort of at the beginning of her career. And we, we've done a lot of collabs with new singers before. And usually, like, they take a while to come out of their shell. And so I was like, you know, we'll be here. Like, don't worry. Like, blah, blah, And she came out and she just, like, destroyed it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have to perform better so that I can keep up with the energy of Queen P. Like, so, yeah, yeah. she's kind of been showing us how it's done. And, and it's been, yeah, it's been fun. That's very cool. I was going to ask... Um... Yeah, I was going to mention Queen P and, and how she features on Port Road, but that uh, sounds like she's killing it. it. Sounds like she's doing a very good job of it. Yeah, we, I mean, we we came across her through a friend who is a is a festival um, programmer who's a mate of mine. I was like, oh, who do you reckon we could call that with? And he was like, I saw Queen P at like a Triple R thing, and you know, she was great. She just had really great energy, really good vibe with the crowd and stuff. And we reached out to her on Instagram. Um, just direct, which is nice, you know, not like, it wasn't like label to label or manager to manager. It was literally just like, Hey, like we're holy, holy, like we've got this song. And we like, I think I sent her the song in Instagram and she was like straight away. She was like, yeah, like I'd love to do it. It sounds great. It's not, it's nothing like I've done before, but, um, she's just something like I'm, um, you know, like I'm, I'm dynamic. I can, I can do anything like let's do it. And it was so, we were like, Oh, great. Like makes it really easy. <laughs> that's mm. it. That's, that's awesome. Um, guys, would you be happy to talk about your playlist that you made? Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I have. Have you listened to it, Simon? I have, yes. Or, or, or like listen to it with your eyes? Uh, uh, I I listened to it with my eyes. I also listened to it. I knew some of them. There was a good maybe six or seven that I have in my own catalog, a few new ones that I uh, discovered for the first time. Okay, great. It, it's funny that you mentioned Little Nas X before because it does feature on the playlist and the playlist isn't isn't mucking about. There's one or two quieter songs at the end, but most <laughs> of it is in, in the theme of uh, dancing and, and getting your body moving. Um, it's almost seems redundant now to ask this, but uh, what made you put Little Nas X on the playlist? <laughs> I'm intrigued as to why he stands out. I mean, again, I'm being ignorant here of um, genres and marketing probably, but what is it about him that stands out? In terms of the playlist? Yeah. I think when looking at the playlist initially and getting it, uh, receiving it, that song stood out the most, mainly because it does seem that uh, at this stage in music in 2021 that there's almost like... There's, there's big songs and then there's like moments in the year, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. I feel that this is, the song is, the song itself is good. And as you said, like the production's fantastic. There's intricate little bits and pieces. Um, and he is like really kind of trying different things artistically, but I feel like it's also a bigger moment as well outside of the song. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've probably read more about his release uh, kind of marketing um sort of approach than I have about the song itself um, with those th- those um, sneakers with, with the drop yeah. of blood in them. The blood sneakers, um, yeah. <laughs> which I find just fascinating actually. Um, and then, you know, getting sort of, um, I don't know if they got sued or whatever it was by Nike, which I, I can't help but wonder if that that's what they were kind of hoping for. Um, and, and even if they were, cool. Because um, I think they <laughs> sold them all and probably shipped them all and then they got told to stop. So it's like, well, they're gone now. Um, yeah. Uh, which I find fascinating, but I just we, we we were hanging out a couple of nights ago, and I, I was I was actually pulled up the song, and I was learning it on guitar, um, just because it has a bit of guitar in it, and I thought this is a fun song to play. Like I know that there's this all this other stuff around the artist and around again, as I say, the the kind of um, newsworthy elements of 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 his the whole project and and the sneakers and so on and so forth. But I just I was just playing the song on guitar, and I thought this is a fun and a cool tune to play and I'm really enjoying this. And so that was a part of the reason for putting it in there is that sometimes it's nice to um, realise that underneath or at the top of all of that, um, you know, all like, of the big cultural, Yeah, there's yeah. a song, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> a little piece of music in there. And um, I was like, this is cool, you know, because like, I, I, I don't know, I feel like pop. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure what genre you, you, you call it. Um, what what genre one would call it? Um, uh, it feels like pop is it has been for a few years now in a really great place actually. Because when I was a little kid, and um, I think Tim said this earlier, you know, pop was maybe a dirty word or a bad word or something like that. And I think that that's being challenged retrospectively now too. We're seeing, 100%. you know, um, we're seeing Britney Spears now being re. Uh, I, I suppose some of the cultural stuff around her life being reevaluated and criticised, um, which I think is great actually, because um, outside of all the cultural stuff, she's got some awesome songs. I think, or and, as well, yeah. and like we're seeing pop be reevaluated and has been for some years, and um, so you know there might have been a time where you know some pop songs uh, musically, chordally, harmonically were maybe a little 
I don't know, more formulaic, but I, I play the Little Nas X song, Montero, on my guitar, and I'm like, this is actually a cool piece of music. <laughs> like, it's it's nothing to do with what genre it is, you know? The, 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 yeah. the, it's actual musical qualities, you know? Um, so I, I, I found that really enjoyable. And, and I love the cultural side in terms of the way the genres blend. As, as I said, you know, like it's kind of got a Latin influence to it rather than, you know, he, and he was, um, you know, I think his previous banger was like a kind of country influence kind of pop tune, you know. I, yeah. I just find it really interesting, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some of the other tracks that you've included on the playlist uh, maybe run like a little bit more not necessarily political, but have a little bit more to say than just, you know, your, your pop song, like I loves you, I love you or whatever. Um, there are some, there's one track by run the jewels. There's another one by Anderson pack, both kind of touching on different uh, political topics. Mm. Do you think that it's something that we could see in, or is it something that we might see in this fourth record, uh, uh, like a bit of a political or protest streak with Holy Holy? Um, I mean, that's definitely, that, that has definitely existed in past Holy Holy releases. Like there's quite a lot of that kind of thing running through our work generally. Um, and I sort of have a funny relationship with that at times because sometimes it's really what I want to do. And then sometimes I, it's, it's like, I want to run away from that. And I, I don't, I, I, I want to just sort of exist in music as, um, as this kind of, puzzle of like melody and rhythm and emotion and things. And I don't, I don't want to be like saying big things. Um, but like, yeah, my own pool of light, you know, touched on a few different, you know, there was one song about, you know, about gender and about, um, like my experience raising my daughter in this world and like reading books to her and, and, and being kind of constantly disappointed. And like, sometimes she'd go to bed and I'd throw, um, the books in because I had an open, I had a fireplace at in Tassie there and I'd be burning the books at night. Because I was so kind of like <laughs> pissed off at the way that you know the mums and dads were sort of and and the, and the characters were represented in the books and things like that. But on, on this record, I, I, again, I'd have to go through track by track and and think about um, like what each of the songs is about. I feel, I feel like broadly th- this album, I have lent uh, lyrically, I have lent a little bit more into. Um, like this sort of more improvised lyrical approach, which I've done in the past, but usually I go then I would go then back and I would like re-engineer the lyrics to make them all make sense and all be kind of perfect little stanzas where you're like, oh, okay, I can follow the story. But this time I sometimes was doing that and going like, I actually just prefer this kind of collection of like images and ideas and thoughts and moments that you can kind of piece together, but it's less kind of like, really direct as like this is what the song story is Mm. um yeah yeah i mean it's been an intensely political year for many different reasons um and and a lot of that's been happening in the united states but you know around the whole world it has been i think i mean we have to not forget that almost every year is intensely political in one (laughs) way or another but it did feel like 2020 um took things up you know, a fair few notches and um, f- for many good reasons. And I think that some of the stuff that run the jewels are sort of um, some of the issues they're examining in that song. I mean, I, I, I was saying to Tim, like, I, I think it's incredible. It's an amazing piece of music and the, the um, each individual on it, because it's got Zach De La Rocca and Pharrell Williams on it as well. They all yeah. contribute so much, but I just don't feel like I'm in any way, shape or form, um, qualified 
to comment in the way that they are on the things that they are commenting on, um, both as a, a, the person who I am with my background. I mean, also, um, you know, some of their issues they're talking about. Um, uh, you know, one of the lyrics is about the slave or whole, s- slave owners on the dollar bill. You know, I mean, it's 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 not like those issues are universal, but they are talking about them in an American context. And it's like, man, I'm just like a, an idiot. Like who grew up in a middle-class suburb of Melbourne, like a, like a white dude. I, I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> how, how could I contribute to that? You know, I don't know. So, um, and I'm not sure maybe this year past year has been so political. Maybe this music is an escape from that. I'm not sure. Not sure that, that, that that's only time can tell. Yeah, no, no, no. I think both um, to address what you said in both the sense of like that you can, uh, I think you can have like an appreciation of the music while also, yeah, not knowing or having, being able to comment on your own uh, background, if that makes sense, in terms of what they can say that's from their own lived experience. And while we can appreciate it, we can't, yeah, comment on it. And then, Mm. um, in terms of the other part of what you said, yeah, sometimes it is probably good to have music that isn't overtly political so you can have an escape from some of the uh, the more exacerbated issues going on in the world. Mm. But the other thing about those two tunes, like they've, they've got a lot to say um, and, they're, and they're done really well, but they're also just as pieces of music, both those pieces of, both those songs, when I put them on, I just, like especially Lockdown, Anderson Pack's Lockdown, I played that so much that all my friends and family were like, all right, mate, like stop <laughs> putting that song on everywhere you go because there's something about the, just the feeling of it. Um, I was going to put the Silk Sonic song on, but I decided not to. I was going to ask about Silk Sonic. Uh, yeah, that was. And I, actually, I thought I, I wanted to put one of the dry cleaning songs on there, but I see that I, I must have like dragged it in and dragged it back out. Have you? Are you across that new dry cleaning release? I I'm actually not. So they're they're like a, a well they're new. I guess they're not not new to me, but um, a British band um, with a kind of guitar-y three like a three guitar drums bass, and then a, a there's a poet um, who's just sort of doing spoken word over the over the release. Sort of it's sort of idols adjacent um, music. Oh yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Okay. Very lyrical. Yeah. The as I mentioned, there was one or two quieter songs. Um, excuse me, on the playlist, uh, Molly Lewis and uh, I'm going to miss. I know I'm going to mispronounce this. Aruj Aftab. Yeah. How important is it for? You, sorry. How important is it for you, whether it be in making a playlist for yourself, for a friend, or in the context of an album? Is it for there to be balance in terms of? You know, sometimes you do have your run the jewels. You've got Janelle Monet, and then you've also got some little quieter moments as well. I, I think, um, I think that we, when we write songs, we have that. I think that happens um, without us really trying. Like all our records have like really intense songs, and then moments where some other kind of type of beauty is explored. And and to be honest, like. I think one of the reasons why this playlist is like a bit banger heavy is that I was recently doing some prep for a DJ set. And so I was like, I was on the hunt for like new bangers. Um, But really, to be honest, like most of the time I'm listening to like instrumental like Ethiopian jazz or, <laughs> or like something that like, or like that's why mild life like are on there. Like that's actually the music that I listen to most of all is instrumental 
world music or jazz. Um, Sorry, I just realised I laughed when you said that. I don't know why I laughed. I was just, <laughs> I was just uh, maybe the juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. A bit weird. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. I get that. The world music and Doja Cat aren't usually in the same sentence together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I, my wife and I often have, uh, you know, devotional uh, Pakistani music on, or um, you know, H- Hindi kind of. Sometimes I mean, Bollywood themes. Um, you know, from from the music make uh, from mm. the filmmaking scene over there, and so yeah. So, so sometimes when someone says make a playlist, I think okay, playlist. Yes, okay, it has to be a certain thing. And if I actually made a playlist, <laughs> stuff I I'm, have on a lot, mm. it, I don't know. I'm, that, that's that's my private stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I both like Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan. Which maybe we should maybe we should post. Let, let's. Well, I'll add in that um, dry cleaning song, and I'll add in Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan mm. to this playlist, um, just to add a bit more um, color to it. But I, I also remember one year I, I listened so much to Oscar Peterson Trio that um, at the end of the you know how Spotify sends you like this was your year in music, and it was all it was, just it was all, all Oscar, Oscar Peterson Trio, <laughs> and everybody else was like, oh, I was listening to this and this, and I was like, well, oh, I, no. I, um. I, I don't have kids, but I've got a nephew who is just... And, you know, I, I've been saying for a, a number of years, oh, rock and roll is dead, rock and roll is dead, all this kind of crap. And then my nephew is born, and he's now four, and I've never met a, a human that likes rock and roll as much as this <laughs> And he can't be dead. Uh, but either way, I, I let him... Um, have access, you know, he, he jumps on my phone and, or, or like I, I play songs for him on my phone and so my end of year Spotify stats sometimes err on the side of all these bands that I wouldn't normally put on myself, like, you know, he just loves Akadaka and Foo Fighters basically. Well, yeah. It's just amazing, he just loves it. You just, Get him into the chats. Yeah, he probably love all that stuff, yeah, and his his eyes just change when he listens to it, he's mm-hmm. like just, and but it's amazing how pure as a child, like, his feelings are about music, he's like, no, nah, don't like this, no, nah, no, nah, put it up, put that one on, yep, and then you play on, play, play, I don't know, Thunderstruck or something. And he's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the man it's knows kind of, what he likes. Yeah. It's kind of a beautiful thing, I think, actually. But anyway, um, I was diverging um, from what we were talking about. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, just, yeah, the, the balance in a playlist. I feel like oh, kind of from what yeah. you... No, no, no. Sorry, I just interrupted you. But I was just going to say playlists have a purpose, I think. That's the thing about playlists. I think they've got a purpose. They, you're communicating to something to someone when, when you make a playlist, whether it's a, uh, uh, you know, a, a cassette tape that you've painstakingly created for someone that you love or um, a playlist that you send to someone because you're inspired by these songs for a purpose or a DJ set list mm. um, or an album made by us. Um the, they have a purpose. That they're, they're not just music existing in isolation. They've got a context to them, I think. Mm. Um, so um, you're always communicating something, whether it's the communication you're trying to make is get up and dance or the communication you're making is I want to please my nephew or the communication is um, we want to talk about these songs because they're interesting to us on a, on a podcast. I think there's always a, a purpose, you know, and I think that's what's – so that's why sometimes you do really want balance, but sometimes you don't. I don't think you always want balance, like genre balance. You know, if you're if you're trying to get people to dance, you know, there's there's a purpose to that list of songs, mm-hmm. which, which is to get people moving, right? So, does that kind of answer the question, or is that just is that just a, a bunch of crap? It hundred percent. No, 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 not at all. It hundred um, percent answers the question, but also that was a 
like a beautiful little wrap up of, of like the podcast as well. That was, um, it's why we do this. So yeah, that was, um, beautiful. <laughs> uh, Tim and Oscar, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, I do very much appreciate it. And, um, the new single, How You Been, is out now uh, and we look forward to the forthcoming album. Great. Thanks. Good Thanks to Simon. You. Cheers. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Tim and Oscar from Holy Holy. Their new single, How You Been, is out now. We've left links in the show notes if you'd like to listen to the track or buy a ticket to the Port Road Tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Susie at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Holy Holy's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.